there's there's somebody in this room that is just they they this is Alex said earlier they feel empty Lord I just pray right now that they experience that love you have for us that you fill them with that love in Jesus name we pray Amen So today we're going to you might scratch your head and and look at me kind of funny after today but um, just hang with me I think. You'll, you'll understand what I'm getting at, because we're going to look at a word today in a way that you're usually not going to look at this word, and uh, you're definitely gonna, not going to look at this word as thinking that this word is a spiritual discipline. Um, but when we think of it as maybe the way we're going to look at it today, you might think, well, yeah, I think that could fit into my daily life. That might be something that uh, it could be a dis- spiritual discipline, or at least that's what Aiden and I thought this week when we talked about it. Or it was just me convincing him and he just respecting me that, yeah, oh yeah, let's go ahead and do that. But before I get to that word, I'm going to keep you in suspense a little bit. I'm not going to give it to you a little bit. I'm going to let that suspense build and have you wonder, what is he talking about? What word is this? What's, what word is he going to use for spiritual discipline? So let's look at a couple Bible verses together. First Galatians 5.24 Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. So let's look at Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we're by nature deserving of wrath. So these two verses are talking about the flesh. This this flesh, this this nature of our flesh that really, actually, if we decide to follow our flesh, gets us in a lot of trouble. Now I know that all of us aren't like this anymore, and and many of us have, uh, have struggled with this, but we have this struggle under control, and we're obedient, and we love Jesus, and, and we would never think of giving in to our flesh, and we would never think of giving in to its desires. There's a little bit of sarcasm in there, because I don't think anybody's able to do that. Maybe some of you think you've mastered it, maybe you have mastered it, but I'm going to say I have not even come close to mastering this. Let me give you an example. Many of you know I'm a Denver Broncos fan. I know. I know. And there's some of you others that have suffered. We have suffered the last few years. We thought Russell Wilson was going to bring us, it brought us heartache and more pain. Every year we get our hopes up. And then you give 70 points to a team that hasn't won a game since, I don't think. The flesh begins to take over in those situations. You start yelling at the TV. You start using words that you don't usually use. I start yelling, fire the defensive coordinator. Do not even let him get on the plane. He sells a job. It's a good thing I'm not in charge. You have your future son-in-law. Send me texts about the Cincinnati Bengals. But the Cincinnati Bengals aren't exactly having the best year like they had last year either. But I, can, I let the flesh take over in that situation, and, and I can actually end the discussion because I can show them pictures of the three Lombardi trophies that the Broncos do have that Cincinnati has zero. So it usually puts an end to that. And then I'm reminded about today. 
the Broncos play the Kansas City Chiefs today. And I'm probably going to have to watch Taylor Swift. And I already don't, well, my flesh doesn't like, already, I don't like Travis Kelsey. But now I've got to watch that. But I'm actually, now my flesh is making me feel sorry for him because I know the guy's going to end up having a song written about a breakup song that Taylor Swift is going to sing, and she's going to, exactly, you're with me on that. But later today at 225, my flesh is going to take over, it's going to be on full display, and I am going to suffer through another loss to the Chiefs. No, it's been like 16 games in a row. There's, I've lost faith on that one. I know. But that's our word today is suffering. <laughs> suffering. It's not usually the word that we're going to think about, about it being a spiritual discipline. It took me a while, actually took me a while to convince myself that I think this might fit into the sermon series. Or it could be that I'm very sleep deprived and I've lost my mind. I'll let you decide that at the end of the sermon. But be gentle with me. I'm pretty sensitive. But the reason I bring this up uh, our flesh, our, our, our flesh, for no other words, our flesh wants us to sin. Our flesh, like, craves us to sin. It wants us to follow it. it, it at the moment when we're sinning, though, it doesn't seem like we're suffering while we're sinning. Well, we're in the midst of that sin. Because sin's kind of fun, isn't it? The moment when we're sinning, like, it's actually fun. Now, some of you are admitting, like, yeah, it is. Like, some of the other ones, like, you're, don't try to admit that you weren't having fun. While you were sinning, you were feeding that flesh, you're feeding desires. Maybe there's things and hurts and traumas in your life, and so you look to kill that pain or numb that pain. So you chose to have with alcohol or drugs, or, or maybe you're shopping all the time. There's just a bunch of things that we have used to numb that pain, and while you were doing it, there was fun while you were doing it. But then the fun stopped. That high wore off. You weren't drunk anymore. The hangover comes. The shopping ended. And then you got the credit card bill. And you suffered. I think you kind of get the idea. Suffering from sinning comes later. Now we're going to pick that up a bit later. So hang with me on that one. Just remember that one. We're going to we're going to pick that back up. But first, let's look at 1 Peter 4, verses 1 through 5. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for hu- evil human desires. That's the flesh. But rather, for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So, to see what I'm talking about with suffering, we need to kind of break these verses down. So let's, let's look at these. Let's begin with just Jesus. Who is Jesus? So most of us know or most of us agree that Jesus is the Son of God. So Jesus is fully God. 
But yet Jesus walked this earth as a human, so he is fully human. So here is Jesus. Jesus had a divine, which is a kind of a big word, so let's just say Jesus had a godly will to him. He had the will of God that he followed. But he also had flesh because he was here on earth, so he had a human will. But he was one person. He wasn't two separate people. It wasn't like he could say like the word Shazam, and he went from a teenager to this superhero. He was the same person. Jesus was Jesus the entire time. Yet, he had all the characteristics of God, but he was also human, just like us. Jesus knows pain. He knows loss. He knows death. He knows fear. He knows temptation. But he also knows other things like joy, peace, happiness, love, everything that we know and experience. Now, this is a verse that we use quite often to, to, to show this, to say this. This is out of Hebrews 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. So Jesus experienced all the temptations of sin, just like we've experienced. He knows the temptation of our flesh. Knows what it's like to go through maybe what we would say, this agonizing torture of the flesh. That the flesh wants to make us go through if we don't go give in to it. Maybe thinking that, you know what, you're going to die if you don't give in to whatever this is the flesh is trying to tell you. I think this is maybe why God let us go through the teenage years. When we go through teenage years, when maybe starting junior high, maybe earlier, our hormones kick in, right? The flesh kind of... Those hormones guide the flesh and it wants to take over and it wants us to give into all kinds of temptations, all kinds of feelings that if we don't do it, we don't act on those impulses, we might die. We'll even tell our parents, like, if I don't get to do this or if I don't, I, I'm going to die. <laughs> Friends might say, if you don't, you're going to die. When we say no to the flesh, the flesh keeps, it keeps driving, it keeps pushing, saying, you know, it's going to be okay. If you give in to me, it's going to make you feel better. You deserve that. You're an adult now. You can make those choices yourself. What do you mean God doesn't want you to do that? What does he know? There's all kinds of lies that this flesh is going to tell us when we're teenagers. The flesh knows how to make us feel like we're suffering when we don't give in to it. Because the flesh wants what it wants. So we suffer. So one way of looking at this is we suffer for God's will. I'm going to explain this. So Jesus does. Jesus did the will of his Father. Look at John 6, 38. It says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Again, Jesus, fully human, experiences all the will of the flesh, all the things that we've experienced. His human part of him tempting him to sin. Maybe making him suffer also. Know what that's like to have the flesh want this desire. Yet he still chose to do God's will. Jesus, who was out sin, without sin. Jesus didn't give in to the flesh. Jesus, who ultimately died on the cross. There's, there's examples in the Bible of, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Like it, he suffered. Saying, Jesus, God, do your will, but lift this if at all possible. Took all of our sin upon himself once and for all. So let me explain this a little bit further. 
Verse 1 of 1 Peter 4 says, whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. That means, that, that doesn't mean that we're never going to sin again. I, I, that would be naive of us to think that. That we'll, we'll never have this temptation of sin again. The flesh won't try to make it miserable for us if we don't give in. Because we will. What we see in this verse is Jesus died, it's saying Jesus died on the cross. And he took that sin upon us. So that power of that sin is done. It's lost its power. It's already happened. You don't need to be under that power of the flesh anymore. Jesus has provided a way for us to endure this suffering this sin flesh tries to inflict upon us so we can live this life doing God's will. Let me make this clear. It doesn't mean we're never going to sin again. We will. But we have the choice to continue to live a life giving into our flesh, doing our will, what our will wants us to do, or doing God's will. Which brings me to the next point. Others should notice our choice for, to suffer. Our choice of doing God's will, our choice of saying, we're going to say no to the flesh but we're really not suffering when we're doing God's will. It's the flesh maybe that's trying to convince us if you do that, if you follow God, then you're going to suffer. You're going to miss out on something. You're going to miss out on all the fun that everybody else is, is having. When we begin to have those cravings of the flesh, the flesh wants us to do our will, wants us to do what we want to do. And if we decide not to, the flesh is going to put up a fight. And there's this battle, there's tension that we fight. Our flesh, it, it described, I said, it, I pointed out, it says this flesh, it described as evil. Verse 3 in 1 Peter tells us that our flesh, what, what it, our flesh wants from us. This life that he says that you've had enough of this. Debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. It's, less, it's a pretty broad list, covers a lot of things that the flesh wants us to do that is opposite of God's will. Flesh doesn't want to give up easy. It's going to say, it's going to try to say you're suffering. It's going to want to make you maybe suffer, saying no to it and doing God's will. And this is suffering. This, it's somewhat of a mental battle that we go through. And it's a battle that even our friends join in. Our, brand, our friends are who we think were our friends. They should notice this change. They should notice something in your life. They should see this change in you. Then, then you choose to live in God's will, doing God's will, that you're choosing not to live in the flesh. And they, it says in this, or they start heaping abuse on you. This abuse on you that could be suffering. Now we fight this battle in my head, but now you're fighting it with your friends. This is where like even physical abuse or, or some of the stories you hear about martyrs and things, this is where that abuse comes. But you're choosing to do God's will. You're suffering for God. People, as I said, see the change in your life. If they don't, well, are you really arming yourselves, as this said, with the same attitude of Jesus? Have you really decided... You know what? I'm going to choose Jesus. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to choose to do God's will, and I'm not my own will. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you really accepted that what Jesus did on this cross? That He died for us. That He forgave us all our sins. Again, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, because we will fail. 
will still sin. The flesh will win sometimes. But there should be enough time where people are seeing. the fle- You don't give in to the flesh. The flesh doesn't win. People see the changes in your lives. Now there's a saying that they say this is said by, to, by Albert Einstein. I like this quote. It says, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Sometimes that word is, sanity is used with stupidity. So stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I bring this up in this room because a lot of us in this room, or many of us in this room, we keep doing the same thing over and over again. And we expect a different result. We don't see a different result because we're doing that. We're living in insanity. We're living in stupidity. When we give in to our flesh over and over and over again, we're, you're going to get the same result. That's what you should expect. We see that with all kinds of things. All kinds of things. This week, I, I saw this. We were, I'm having a conversation with, with somebody, and, and it's, it's with about addictions. And, and we, keep how we keep seeing the same things over and over and over again. And people expect to see different results. But they're telling me, we're t- talking to those people as they go into treatment, and then, you know, the, you go to, get to go to the park next door and have a visit, or you have friends and family come and bring you. And, like, people tape drugs underneath the picnic table. Or f- family smuggles in, smuggles in drugs or some other things for them. They sneak things in. But these people are there expecting a change. They keep doing the same thing over and over again. How are you going to expect to change? You aren't. Because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. We need to do something different. And Jesus gave us victory. Jesus gave us victory so we can do something different and we can see change. So how about we try God and not our flesh? Try it God's way. Not our way. We want to see change. Choose to have a discipline of suffering by saying no to our flesh. Choosing something different. Choosing to have the attitude of Jesus and suffer. Choosing to do God's will, not my will. People might say things about you that aren't true. People might threaten you. People might not want to be friends with you anymore. Your flesh might, flesh might lie to you and try to make you feel like you're suffering beyond what you can take. That's why I said the work of Jesus, what he did on the cross, it was complete. It was finished. It's complete to give us the ability to not give in to the flesh, to arm ourselves with the same attitude as Jesus. Jesus' work on the cross, it conquered sin. And we don't have to continue to give in to it. We can be free. We can choose not to live in this insanity anymore. To not live in this stupidity anymore. We can choose Jesus. Choose the victory Jesus gave us on the cross. Now, if you've already chose Jesus, Peter is saying that your life should look different. You've had enough time living that way. your Your life of insanity that you've been living doing the same thing over and over again, you're now in this family of Jesus. And your life should look different. 
So does it. Are you still living this life, following the flesh, fulfilling its desires, or are you living a life doing God's will? Before I get to my last point, I think we need to discuss this a little, little, little bit more detail of suffering. Because I don't like to suffer. I don't think if I asked one of you and said, hey, 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 Arnie, would you like to suffer for the next 10 years? He's probably going to say no. I don't want to. And, and if we had a choice, we're not going to. We have a choice. But maybe suffering to do God's will is different than what we think of suffering. It's a little bit different. Maybe suffering also has an element of time to it that we don't often think about. Maybe suffering has to deal with suffering for an eternity not just this small amount of time we live here on earth. Suffering to do God's will is different. That kind of suffering, it might require sacrifices of my life. It might require me to help people. It might require me to serve others. It might require me to give up something. It might make me suffering to share this love that, that we have from God. And also this security of this love, this unconditional love that God gives us. And then it's never lost. Sharing that love with somebody else. But that could be risky. God might ask us to go somewhere that hates Christians. Like the person I met, Leif Hetland, that, that was the only believer in a country of, of all people that hated Christians. Might ask us to do things we, we, that we think we can't do. Ask us to risk giving up our comforts that we think are comforts that our flesh tells us are comforts to do God's will. Someone that might hate us and they might pour out insults on us. They might have hatred for us. They might actually abuse us. They might heap abuse, both physical abuse on us. But you're going to choose the, to follow the will of God, not the flesh. Suffering, but if you're suffering in those contexts, there's this peace inside of us because God's love just overwhelms us. And, and, and we're wanting to share that love with the world. Some great examples of this is Stephen. We looked at Acts a while ago. Remember Stephen, who's stoned to death? If you don't remember that story, he's, he, he, he shares, shares Jesus with people. They don't like it. So they grab him and they stone him. And as they're stoning him, his face, his face glowed like that of an angel. I'm thinking being stoned is pretty painful. I consider that probably suffering. Yet it says Stephen's face, it was like that of an angel. I envision, I envision that picture of here is Stephen. He's smiling. He's filled with joy. He's being overwhelmed. He's suffering. But he doesn't even know it because he's filled with joy. He's filled with the love. And he knows that he's about to enter into God's presence forever. Paul is another example. Paul was beaten, stoned, left for dead many, many times in his ministry. But he continued to choose to do God's will. Knowing that God was worth it. Knowing that this new life that he found through Jesus gave him this new identity. This old identity was gone. This old one of the flesh is gone. He's now a son of God forever. So both Stephen and Paul no longer were controlled by the flesh, giving in to the flesh. They were living a life doing the will of God. So this other part that I asked about this word suffering was had to do with the element of time. 
So let's end with that. Suffer now or later? Because suffering does have an element of time, I believe. Let's read verse 5 again. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. That's that element of time. Not just our lifetime here on earth. We're talking about eternity. Because our life here on earth, those of us that, that, that believe in Jesus and in this church, like we believe that life doesn't, it just doesn't end when we die here on earth. There's, there's eternity involved here. We can suffer now or we can suffer later. We can suffer now doing God's will, knowing we will spend eternity like Stephen, like Paul, in the presence of God. Or we can suffer by, and we can suffer by having people judge us, saying things about us, telling lies about us, talk about us. Perhaps as Paul tells us in his letters how suffering for Jesus is worth it. Write down 1 Corinthians 11, 16 through 33. It's too long a passage. I'm not going to read it, but Paul kind of goes through a laundry list of, hey, this is, this is how I've suffered. Paul knows that his life here on earth is just a moment in time. It's just a flash. And he's willing to suffer. He's not going to give in to the flesh. He's going to suffer by having people insult him, by having people hurt him. Paul is willing to suffer now but suffer for doing God's will, not his own. Knowing that once this life is over, his suffering will be over. No, Paul is he's not on a death wish. Paul, though, was fulfilling this work that God had for him until God called him back home, called him to be with him forever. The same work God has for us until he calls us home to be with him for eternity, to suffer now. Now what about suffering later? Remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man? We find this in Luke 16, 19 through 31. I'm just going to look at a little bit of it. You can read that if you want on your, on your own this week. But let's start in verse 22. It says, The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus by his side. So here's the rich man. I'd say the rich man probably lived following his flesh, following his own will. The rich man died. He didn't know. He didn't know God. He didn't know God's will at all, I don't believe. The rich man didn't suffer during his time on earth. He lived the way he wanted to, doing what he wanted to do, indulging himself in whatever the flesh wanted him to do, serving himself in his desires of the flesh. Now let's look at verse 24. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. This rich man is dead and this rich man is suffering. He might not have suffered during his time on earth, but now he's suffering later after his death. So let's look at verse 25 and 26. But Abraham replied, Son, Remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here. You are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to, the, from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. Lazarus, who suffered while he was on earth, is now being comforted for eternity. The rich man, 
did not, he didn't suffer while he lived out his time on earth, but now suffering for eternity. So suffer now, doing God's will, spend eternity in the comfort of God's presence, or follow this will of the flesh. Never do God's will. Just your own will. Suffer for eternity. It's a choice. It's in front of us. Now, I, I kind of debated using this illustration a little bit, but I'm going to use it because I think it, God is, gives us a glimpse of what suffering is like later. And also one of us, I think a lot of, probably most of us in this room can relate to. So you're out with your friends. Friend digs out a bottle of whiskey. Bottle of vodka, rum, whatever, whatever the flavor is that you like to drink. Or something else. You start to decide, I'm going to listen to the flesh. We're going to start passing it around. I'm going to drink that. All my friends are going to drink that. The alcohol starts to kick in. You're having the time of your life, you think. Now, those of, us, those of you who have seen this movie, Kim hates this movie, but this is one of my favorite movie series. Is think of The Hangover, if you guys have seen that movie. If any of you watch this movie, you know what I'm talking about. So they start drinking. The alcohol kicks in, leads to them doing some other things. They think they're having the time of their life, that it can't get any better than this. And the next thing you know, they wake up two days later with the worst hangover in their life. They feel like crap. They don't feel good at all. It's so bad that they actually probably wish they were dead. One of them has a Mike Tyson tribal tattoo on their face. And they're suffering. They don't remember even what they did. A suffering that comes later. A suffering that comes with having this tattoo on your face for the rest of your life. Now, let's go back this story up to the very beginning. Say when your friend first pulls out this bottle, you don't give in to the flesh. And then your friends start to make fun of you. They start to heap abuse on you, as Peter says in this. These words might cause suffering. They might even kick you and hit you and I don't even, all kinds of things. But when it's all over, when they're all done, they finish the bottle and, and a couple days have passed, you're going about your life. You're not suffering in that way anymore. When they're all hovered hovered around the toilet, puking in the toilet. Both of these Bible passages are saying eventually there's going to be judgment. There's going to be a judgment. You're going to have to give an account of how you live your life. Did you listen to your flesh? Did you do the will of your flesh? Well, the result is suffering later for for eternity. Because you have a choice. Now, I'm not saying, like, we all have to make this choice for Jesus. The only way for salvation is you have to make this choice for Jesus. But when you make that choice for Jesus, you have this new life. And you should start doing your Father's will, choosing God's will, not your own. Might mean you suffer here on earth. That suffering is going to, it might take a lot of different forms. If you're doing God's will, it, it, there's lots of different forms that can look, look like. It's going to look different for all of us. But we no longer continue to do the same thing over and over, expecting different results by following the flesh, because that's insanity. Instead, we do God's will. The result is going to be we spend eternity in heaven with the Father, not suffering. Now, I'll admit, this looks like a strange spiritual discipline. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. 
However, I do know that suffering in this context while we're here on earth is a better choice than that rich man and suffering for eternity. Now just think if we all chose to do God's will. We stop this insanity that we live in. Maybe that suffering that many of us experience right now would decrease. There's, there's two wars going on right now. Right now, we're in the middle of this, and it could get really ugly for this world. But I think if you dig down to the core of some of these wars, there's a lot of desire of the flesh going on. The flesh is making a lot of decisions over power, over money, over control. There's evil influence in this. All kinds of things that both sides that the flesh is wanting them. The flesh is winning. But what if we stop that insanity? Stop that insanity and change. We change from doing what we want to do, started doing God's will. Starting right here in the church. As we leave today, as we leave today, when, when many of us go and you're first given that whatever it is, that's not God's, you know that's not God's will for you. That you stop that insanity today. You stop doing the same thing over and over again. What the flesh wants you to do. That insanity will stop. So I'm going to pray right now. While I'm praying, I'm just going to pause for a few seconds. I'm going to let that, I'm going to let God speak to you. I'm going to let God talk to you, tell you what his will is for you. But God wants, what insanity God wants you to stop. So let's pray with me. Lord, I just pray for, Lord, reveal to, to my friends here in this room. Reveal to them, Lord, any insanity that, that they just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Things that the flesh is, is, is really dictating their lives, controlling their lives, Lord. So I just pray, Lord, so I'm going to pause right now, just, Lord, if there is anything that, that, that we need to, to stop that insanity and we need to begin doing your will about, Lord, just reveal that to us right now. One of the first places to stop the insanity is, is deciding to follow Jesus. To accept what he did on the cross. To accept that victory on the cross. To accept that forgiveness for our sins on the cross. Can't do this without that. We need, we need, we need Jesus in our lives. We need this to be filled with the Spirit, Lord, so that we can do your will. So if, if there's somebody in this room you've never you've you've never even considered following Jesus, having a relationship with Jesus, giving your life over to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm done, I'm done with this insanity of my life. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna have this 
this, this relation. I'm going to receive forgiveness for, for my sins, for my flesh that has ruled in my life. I'm going to have you be my Lord and Savior. That's you. Would you just want to raise your hand and maybe look at me and, and just you're saying yes to Jesus today. Saying yes to him. To you. Lord, just thank you. Lord, I just pray for these people, Lord, that have, come, that, said, that have said yes to you today. Lord, just fill them with the Spirit, Lord, and I pray that, that those bonds, that bondage is broken, Lord, of the, that the flesh has control over them, Lord. We have victory in Jesus' name, so right now, those people that have raised their hands, but everybody in this room right now, Lord, I declare victory in Jesus' name over every single little tiny bit that the flesh has control over every one of us. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray for that. Amen.
It's great seeing everybody this morning. I hope you can go home and cheer the Broncos on and hopefully give me some hope that they will win today. Have a great week. They're going to do it, Jared.